lads and ladies, welcome to the Junior Classics. Hi there, I'm Sir Bradley Hassey, a teller of borrowed tales. Join me as I share stories of courage, adventure, and wonder. But don't take my word for it. You can find out for yourself on today's Junior Classic. Ah, is it here you are? Well, I'd be glad to have you. This is a nice how do you do. And what do you mean? What does yourself mean, you old blatter guy? But I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going down now to have his life. Greetings, Junior Scholars. I am Sir Bradley Hassey, guardian of the written word and your guide through the Junior Classics. Our mission is to safeguard the classics and inspire children to a love of good reading and a real and lasting interest in Western literature and history. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us, and a very special thank you to my loyal listeners who tune in each and every episode, especially my Patreon supporters who help keep the show going and growing. If you like what we are doing, creating stories for the good of your kids, consider supporting me on Patreon for five bucks a month. The best way to help, however, is to tell a friend about the show and ask them to listen. If you want to reach me, send me a letter to P.O. Box 1153, Crown Point, Indiana, 46308. Any listener who sends in an art project based on a story will in return receive some junior classic bookmarks. Now today, we finish our series Irish Tales with the story Manus the Miller. But before we get to the story... Lost and found words! Listen carefully to these words and their meanings and try and spot them during the story. Our first word today is a miller. A miller is a person who owns or works in a grain mill. And a grain mill grinds grain into flour. Our next word today is a mill race, like a running race, R-A-C-E, mill race. It's the channel carrying the swift current of water that drives a mill wheel. The water turns the wheel that powers the machinery to grind grain into flour. And in our story today, we're told Donald would always jump over the mill race on his way to his wife's father. But on the way back, he was so tired, he didn't have the energy to jump and would have to walk through it. More on that when we get to the story. Our next word is posset with a P, posset. This is a drink made of hot milk curdled with ale, wine, or liquor, and typically flavored with spices. It was drunk as a remedy for colds. Our next word is oat scouter. An oat scouter is a quickly baked oat cake. So basically just a little cake made out of oats. And our last word today is buyer. A buyer with a B is a barn or shed for cows. So you have a stable for horses and a buyer for cows. That's all for this week's Lost and Found Words. Now on to the show. There was a man from the mountain named Donald. 
once married the daughter of a stingy old couple who lived in the lowlands. He used to stay and work on his own wee patch of land all the week round, till it came to Saturday evening, and on Saturday evening he went to his wife's father's to spend Sunday with him. Coming and going, he always passed the mill of Manus the miller, and Manus, who used to be watching him passing, always noticed and thought it strange that while he jumped the mill race going to his wife's father's on a Saturday evening, he had always to wade through it coming back. And at last, he stopped Donald one Monday morning and asked him the meaning of it. Well, I'll tell you, it's this. Me old father-in-law is such a very small eater that he says grace and blesses himself when I've only got a few pieces out of my meals. So I'm always weak coming back on Monday morning. Manus, he thought over this to himself for a while, and then says he, Would you mind letting me go with you next Saturday evening? If you do, I promise you that you'll leap the mill race coming back. Well, I'd be glad to have you. Very well and good. When Saturday evening came, Manus joined Donald, and off they both trudged to Donald's father-in-law's. The old man was not too well pleased at seeing Donald bringing a fresh hand, but Manus, he didn't pretend to see this, but made himself as welcome as the flowers in May. And when supper was laid down on Saturday night, Manus gave Donald the nudge, and both of them began to tie their shoes as if they had got loose, and they tied and tied away at their shoes, till the old man had eaten a couple of minutes, and then said grace and finished and got up from the table, thinking they wouldn't have the ill manners to sit down after the meal was over. But down to the table, my brave Manus and Donald sat and ate their hearty skinful. And when the old fellow saw this, he was gruff and grumpy enough, and it was little they could get out of him between that and bedtime. But Manus kept a lively chat going and told good stories that passed away the night. And when bedtime came and they offered Manus a bed in the room, Manus said no, that there was no place he could sleep, only one, and that was along the fireside. The old man and the old woman both objected to this, and they said they couldn't think of allowing a stranger to sleep there, but all they could say or do wasn't any use. And Manus said he couldn't and wouldn't sleep in any other place, and insisted on lying down there. And lie down there he did, in spite of them all. And they all went off to their beds. But though Manus lay down, he was very careful not to let himself go to sleep. And when he was near, about two hours lying, he hears the room door open easy. And the old woman puts her head out and listens. And Manus, he snored, as if he hadn't slept for ten days and ten nights before. When the old woman heard this, she came up on the floor and looked at him, and saw him like as if he was dead asleep. Then she hastened to put a pot of water on the fire, and began to make a pot of stirabout for herself and the old man. For this was the way, as Manus had well suspected, that they used to cheat Donald. But just in the middle of the cooking of the pot of stirabout, doesn't Manus roll over and pretend to waken up? Up he sits and rubs his eyes and looks about him 
and looks at the woman and at the pot on the fire. Ah, is it here ye are, or is it morning with ye? Well, no, it isn't morning, but we have a cow that's not well, and I had to put a mash on the fire here for her. I'm sorry I wakened ye. Oh, no, no, you haven't wakened me at all. It's this sore ankle I have here. I have a very, very sore ankle, and it troubles me sometimes at night. And no matter how sound asleep I may be, it wakens me up. And I've got to sit up until I cure it. There's nothing cures it but soot, till I rub plenty of soot out of the chimney to it. And Manus takes hold of the tongs, and he begins pulling the soot down out of the chimney from above the pot. And for every one piece that fell on the fire, there were five pieces that fell into the pot. And when Manus thought he had the posit well enough spiced with the soot, he raised up a little of the soot from the fire and rubbed his ankle with it. And now, that's all right, and I'll sleep sound and not waken again till morning. And he stretched himself out again and began to snore. The old woman was pretty well vexed that she had her night's work spoiled. And when she went up to the room to the old man, and told him what had happened to the stirabout, he got into a bad rage entirely, and asked her, Was Manus asleep again? And she said he was. Then he ordered her to go down and make an oat scouter, and put it on the ashes for him. She went down and got the oatmeal, and made a good scouter, and set it on the ashes, and then sat by it for the short while it would be doing. But she hadn't it many minutes on the ashes when Manus let a cry out of him, as if it was in his sleep. And up he jumps and rubs his eyes and looks about him. And when he saw her, he said, Ah, is it here ye are? And I'm glad ye are, because I've a great trouble on me mind that's lying a load over me heart, and it wouldn't let me sleep. And I want to relieve me mind to ye. And then I'll sleep heartily and sound all the night after. I'll tell you the story. So he catches hold of the tongs in his two hands. And as he told the story, he would stir them about through the ashes. I want to tell you that my father, afore he died, was a very rich man and owned no end of land. He had three sons, myself and Teddy and Tom. And the three of us were three good hard workers. I always liked Teddy and Tom, but however it came out, Tom and Teddy hated me, and they never lost a chance of trying to damage me with my father and turn him against me. He sent Teddy and Tom to school and gave them a grand education, but he only gave me the spade and my fist and sent me out to the fields. And when Teddy and Tom came back from school, they were two gentlemen and used to ride their horses and hunt with their hounds. And me, they always made look after the horses and groom them and saddle them bridle them and be there in the yard to meet them when they would come home from their riding and take charge of their horses and give them a rubbing down and stable them for them. In my own mind, I used to think that this wasn't exactly fair or brotherly treatment, but I said nothing, for I liked both Teddy and Tom, and prouder and prouder of them every day got my father, and more and more every day he disliked me until at long and at last, when he came to die. He liked Teddy and Tom that much, and he liked poor Manus that little, that he drew up his will and divided his land into four parts 
and left it in this way. Now supposing these were my father's farm, he cut it across this way, says he, drawing the tongs through the scouter in one way. Then he cut it across this way, says he, drawing the tongs through the scouter in the other direction. And that quarter, says he, tossing away a quarter of the scouter with the point of the tongs. He gave to my mother and that quarter there, says he, tossing off the other quarter into the dirt. He gave to Teddy and this quarter here, says he, tossing the third quarter. He gave to Tom and this last quarter, says Manus, says he, digging the point of the tongs right into the heart of the other quarter of the scouter and lifting it up and looking at it. This quarter he gave to the priest, and he pitched it as far from him down the floor as he could. And there, says he, throwing down the tongs, he left poor Manus what he is today, a beggar and an outcast. That, ma'am, is my story. And now that I've relieved my mind, I'll sleep sound and well to morning. And down he stretched himself by the fireside and begins to snore again. And the old woman, she started up to the room, and she told the old man what had happened to the scouter. And the old fellow got into a mighty rage entirely and was for getting up and going down to have the life of Manus, for he was starving with hunger. But she tried to soothe him as well as she could. And then he told her to go down to the kitchen and make something else on the fire for him. Oh, it's no use of trying to make anything on the fire, for there'll be some other ache coming on that fellow's ankle or some other trouble on his mind, and he'll be getting up in the middle of it all to tell me about it. But I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go out and I'll milk the cow and I'll give you a good jug of sweet milk to drink, and that will take the hunger off you till morning. He told her to get up quick and do it, or she would find him dead of the hunger. And off she went as quickly as she could and took a jug off the kitchen dresser and slipped out, leaving Manus snoring loudly in the kitchen. But when Manus thought that she had had time to have the jug near filled from the cow, he slips out to the byre, and as it was dark, he talked like the old man. And I'll die with hunger if you don't hurry with that. So she filled the jug, and she reached it to him in the dark, and he drank it off, and gave her back the empty jug, and went in and lay down. Then she milked off another jug for herself and drank it, and came slipping in, and put the jug easy on the dresser, so as not to waken Manus, and went up to the room. When she came up, the old fellow was raging there. You might have milked all the cows in the county since, and made dead with hunger here waiting on it. Give me my jug of milk. And what do you mean? What does yourself mean, you old blatter sky? Didn't you come out to the byre and ask me for the jug of milk there? And didn't I give it to you? And didn't you drink it all? Be this, be that. But this is a nice how do you do. It's that scoundrel in the kitchen that's tricked you again. And be this, be that. I'm going down now to have his life. And when she heard how she had been tricked, she was not a bit sorry to let him go and have Manus's life. But Manus had been listening with his ear to the keyhole to hear what was going on. And when he heard this, and while the man was preparing to go down and take his life, he hauled in a calf and put it by the fireside where he had been lying and threw the cover over it. And when the man came down with the sledgehammer, he went to the place where he knew Manus had been lying 
and he struck with all his might, and he drove the hammer through the calf's skull, and the calf only just gave one move and died. And then the old fellow went back to his bed content, and the miller went out and off home again. When the old fellow and his woman got up in the morning early to go and bury the miller, they found the trick he had played on them, and they were in a pretty rage. But when the breakfast was made this morning, and Donald and all of them sat down, I can tell you, the old fellow was in no hurry saying grace. And Donald got his hearty fill, for once in his life anyhow, and so did he at night. And when Donald was going back home on Monday morning, he leapt the mill race, and Manus came out and gave him a cheer. He took Manus's both hands and he shook them right hearty. And every Monday morning after, for the three years that the old fellow lived, Manus always saw Donald leap the mill race as easy as a sparrow might hop over a rod. At the end of the three years, the old fellow died. And Donald went to live on the farm altogether, and there was no friend ever came to see him that was more heartily welcomed than Manus the Miller. The end. That Manus the Miller is one tricky fellow. Once again, we have a character using his wit to problem solve. In this case, to help his buddy Donald, finally be able to eat a full meal at his in-laws. Well, I hope you enjoyed all our Irish tales. Next time we start the series, Tales of the American Indians, and I'm very excited. Until then, I am Sir Bradley Hassey. Be brave, be loyal, and speak the truth. Now for you parents out there, I want you to understand why we are doing this, what we are trying to achieve, and how you can help us. This is a rescue operation to preserve the classics and the wisdom within before it is lost forever. Our goal is to inspire children with a love of good reading by safeguarding and breathing new life into the greatest stories in history and empower you, the parents, with a resource you can trust to enrich your child's mind and spirit. We don't want these stories and the wisdom within to be forgotten so our children don't have to learn these lessons on their own. The most important thing you can do for us is to spread the message and tell others about these stories and what we are doing. If you want to donate, we would love that as well. My promise is that 100% of donations will go to building the impact and quality of the Junior Classics. If you have feedback and thoughts on how we can do things better, please send an email to juniorclassicspodcast at gmail.com. You're listening to the Junior Classics. And now, some tribal spirit to get us ready for Tales of the American Indians.